Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First, Sports Network, Jonathan Shop. Wednesday edition, we go right around college football. That's what we do. What a mess around college football right now. It's a mess. We're going to talk about what happened this week in Washington, the impact of the Wild Wild West NIL, and what's really started to turn a lot of people off around the country. And it's going to turn more and more people off in reality. There are 129 Division I teams, if you will. A lot of them are not going to have any chance to get more competitive in the near future. It's going to start to hurt the sport. You could say, man, I can't believe nobody saw this coming. But you're listening to somebody that told you this was coming. And did I dramatically underestimate the impact on it? Even though at the time I said that, which was at the end of the Peach Bowl, at the end of 2021, we had already begun to see the impact in that very game. Around the world of college football in week eight. We go on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of this here, Fans First Sports Network. As we got to the end of the 2021 season, which is a great season for Michigan State football, a surprise, a lot of success, a lot of good looking, really good looking things for the future. You know, you got to the Peach Bowl and Kenneth Walker decided not to play. Uh, a lot of hope that he would return and what a different 2022 it would have been had he returned. Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh decided to sit out. That made sense. He ended up being a first round pick. But the name of that game that caught my interest most was Jordan Addison. Addison decided not to play and had already been nearly tampered with, if not completely tampered with, to take some good NIL money and go to Southern Cal. He didn't play in that Peach Bowl. He bailed on that Pitt Panther team. Had a decent year at Southern Cal last year and is having a really good rookie season in Minnesota. That, before Justin Jefferson gets hurt, that's just something to keep an eye on at the NFL level. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the writing was on the wall that this was about to get loose and wild. And... There were 129 different interests, and I had a feeling college football was going to spin out of control. I didn't realize it would spin out of control so fast and so badly. What are we talking about? Wild Wild West to transfer without transfer rules, without transfer organization, just a total show of you know what. It's funny because Michigan State's Mark D'Antonio actually had the answer to this relative to the prospects of transfer, and he had the answer before he left. It should be called the D'Antonio rule, and it should be the rule of the sport today. And it should go something like this. You can transfer one time, anywhere you want, anytime you want. But when you do, you can only play as a redshirt your first year. What does that mean? Well, it used to just mean four games. Now it means four games in a bowl game. So that's not a bad deal at all. We'll just take Peyton Thorne, for example, and Jordan Addison. They transfer Addison to Southern Cal, Thorne to Auburn. No penalty. They can play that season, but they can play a max of four games plus a bowl. Right there, I think that would probably curve half 
or so of the people entering the transfer portal. I don't have the time or the resources to add up the numbers that the NCAA doesn't want you to know. That is how many people went to the transfer portal and never got out of it. But safe to say, it's not a small number and you're never gonna hear from those players again. Maybe one or two ever would you expect to hear from. It's not good. So that's the first problem that they have with the wild, wild west that is the transfer portal gone wild. It's not a great idea. Look, if you have to transfer a second time, unless basically if you have to transfer a second time, it should go right back to the traditional. You have to sit out a year unless there's some kind of special exemption uh, and, and get rid of those ridiculous, loose Shea Patterson, other remarkably ridiculous transfer um, allowances that were made. Justin Fields transfer issue was uh, suspect. Um, DeAnthony Arnett back at Michigan State may have had a legitimate reason with a with a uh, terminal family illness, but some of these have been out of control. So you got that part of it that's that's way out of whack and really not in good working order. The other part of it, of course, is the money. And that's what was on stage this week in Washington, D.C. And that's what needs to be the next focus as somebody somewhere tries to organize and curb the out-of-control nature that college football has today as we sit right in the middle of this 2023 season. We will talk about my idea from more than 10 years ago related to today and I guess try to do some kind of prediction for the future as we go around the world of college football focusing on that NIL on this edition of the Spartan Pride podcast. But fear not, fear not, fear not. We shall and will get to the pick six later because they are going to play some games this weekend. There's a couple that are going to be interesting enough that you're going to want to take a look. The issue is out of control. It's only getting worse. It's not getting better. So the NCAA is turning to Washington for some kind of help. A Senate hearing on Tuesday, NCAA President Charlie Baker, he tried to shift the focus towards the possibility of athletes being deemed employees of the school and thus away from federal legislation, which could get messy of how to regulate how players can be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. Let's stop right there because more than 10 years ago, thinking about this issue might have been prompted by the Northwestern calamity, honestly, that ruined their football program for a couple of years where they were trying to unionize and get paid. An idea struck me that I'm sure is not that unique. What I mean is somebody else probably had this idea at some point in time. I had just never heard of it. And I had been in communication with a couple of athletic director, well, an athletic director and a couple of types in that world that thought hmm, it's actually not a crazy idea to take a look at exploring. And my thought and answer to this growing potential problem that's blown up the sport 10 years later was simply this. It's time to reword the scholarships for at least the sports that are profitable in major college athletics, at least that, and to reword them in a way where they are paid as student employees during games. So for football, 
you're probably talking about 10 hours a week, really just the one day. For basketball, you're probably talking about the same amount of time. Maybe a rare week there would be more. But this might be a way to keep a tidal wave from coming and crushing the sport, as we have seen. The idea would be if you're at Southern Cal, South Carolina, if you're at TCU, Michigan State, at Iowa, you would be paid like a student employee working in the cafeteria, maintenance, working as a research assistant, a basic job, not one requiring a high level of, of skill or something sophisticated on the graduate level. You're basically going to get paid the same amount, maybe on the high end scale, but we're talking about cents, not talking about you know hundreds or thousands of dollars difference. So for example, Keith Nickel is a scholarship player at Michigan State. Keith Nickel's scholarship basically explains he's a scholarship athlete, but the days of actual games, he will be paid like a student employee. I think that would have done a great service to help mitigate the impact of this tidal wave of out-of-control dollars that we've seen. Whether it's the kid that was going to go to Florida, there was no money, he's got no school, whether it was a Big Ten quarterback, well, let's put it right on the map. Whether it was a Southeast Conference school that plays in the Iron Bowl shopping around for Big Ten quarterbacks. Maybe they didn't get their first, they got their second at a price. That's fine. It's not great. Jordan Addison, leaving Pittsburgh before the bowl game for Southern Cal, murky waters, etc. What I'm telling you is if they reword the scholarships to the point where players are paid for the actual games they play, I think we've got a decent solution, a temporary, not a temporary, I actually think that would help quite a bit. Now, there's still going to need to be legislation and clarity on the NIL aspect, but this is already getting complicated. It's getting compounded. It's going to get uglier and dirtier and worse for out of the 129 schools competing in football, probably all but a dozen or a half dozen. I'll give you an example. Ohio State's not going to be affected by this. Alabama's not going to be affected by this. Michigan State's absolutely going to be affected by this. Are they going to roll with the big dogs or not? Well, if you are, you better pull up a Brinks truck of money. And basically, we, we've got salary caps now, essentially, in college football. This is what we want. I think there was a better way to do this. I think it started with about 10 years ago. Scholarships should have been reworded, recalculated, reformed to pay players as student employees during the game. So I see the news coming out of here today. I see some of what's uh, suggested. I'm not going to go through and read all the transcripts or listen, but this thing is heading out of control when it never should have been heading out of control at all. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina is quoted as saying, Utah is offering everybody on the team a new truck. Between the transfer portal and NIL, college football is in absolute chaos. This will probably be the one and only time that many of you ever agree with the statement that came out of Lindsey Graham's mouth. And with that, I think it's a perfect time to close the book on this discussion. What a disaster that's in college sports today and in college football. And I'm telling you, 
it's not long before it's going to completely ruin it. You look at the Big Ten Conference. How many of those teams are ever going to have a chance to compete for a Big Ten title again unless something is done to somewhat level out the playing field? And we don't want a premier league of college football. That's not the answer. That's not interesting at all. That's nothing somebody wants to be a part of. The extraordinary vast majority of fans, people that view the game, they don't want to see that. It's coming sooner than later if this thing doesn't get straightened out. I think you could start by instituting the D'Antonio transfer rule, reforming the scholarships. That's going to get you hopefully more than halfway there, even though you're already 10 years late. As bad a leadership is at the top of college basketball, it's getting darn near the same worse at football. And all these people want to talk about is expanding the playoff. Yeah. Let's uh, dump over a box of bunny rabbits. Say, look over there. Look at that one. That was jumping there. That was jumping here. That was jumping there. That was jumping there. And just ignore the elephant in the room because that's the responsible, mature way of leading. Right? Spartan Pride Podcast. I am Jonathan Shop. You know that by now. Not pleasant stuff to talk about as we go around the world of college football, but fortunately, thankfully, there are games this weekend. Now, don't get too excited. There's really nothing interesting uh, in the middle or on Friday. There's only, there's only one game on Friday this week, ironically, um, in Philadelphia, which is a pretty busy city this week with baseball, football, everything going on. But you're going to be ready for noon. There's no doubt Penn State at Ohio State is a big one. Penn State has taken over really, arguably having the best defense in the Big Ten since the um, D'Antonio era blew up in 2016. Penn State has the most sacks in the Big Ten since then. Penn State's going to be getting after as often as they can. Luke Cord the Ohio State quarterback. I think Penn State's going to have a chance to beat Ohio State. If they do, the future of Ohio State football is not going to look as similar as it has. Go straight south from Columbus, not have to wiggle too much, just a little bit west. You go far enough south, you're going to see Tennessee at Alabama. There is bad blood between these programs it remains. It's not necessarily within the players, but it's all around. Guess who's looking for some payback, though? You got bad blood in the programs. You got bad feelings from last year. Tennessee at Alabama, 3.30. This one should be a good one. I really like what I see in Milrow, the enormous quarterback for Alabama. I think Nick Saban is going to look to run the ball over Tennessee Saturday, and if he can... Not going to be an easy one for Tennessee. In the Big Ten, there is a couple other interesting games. You know, one of them has to do with a, a, a face plant compounded by an injury, which creates real problems for Luke Fickle in Wisconsin. They're four and two now. They need to get to six wins to make a bowl without Tanner Mordecai, who looks like he's done for the year. All of a sudden, the game at Illinois, it, 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 I, I would actually say Illinois is probably a, a couple-point favorite. I steal the day in College Park, really knocked Maryland off a high, high horse. They return home, 
to take on Wisconsin in a game that is suddenly up for grabs. And Wisconsin's got potentially some real problems there. Let's keep an eye on that one. That's another 3.30 game. Now, later in the day, there is a game or two that you're going to have some interest in. I don't think Duke and Florida State is worth paying attention to. But I do think Utah at USC is interesting. USC looked awful last week. They looked unprepared. They looked undisciplined. And they looked a little bit soft, getting their tail just kicked at Notre Dame, 48-20. to 20. Utah is a 5-1 football team. They're coming off a break, and that may be the difference. You see, Utah takes care of California last week. They are going to be on the road to USC, but I don't think that's a problem for Utah. Utah at USC is going to be a good one. Sneaky good. I like Ole Miss and Auburn. Why? Well, it's a night game at Auburn, Jordan Hare, and this one should have some points involved. Ole Miss can move the ball. Lane Kiffin will be a candidate for the Michigan State coaching job should it be open at the end of the year. Really interesting candidate that we're going to talk about later on down the road because you're probably not hearing that much yet. And if you're not and you do hear about it, you got a good idea where you might have those folks might have got the idea. But Ole Miss is Ole Miss is rolling pretty good. Only losses to Alabama. They've scored some points. This one is going to be one of the classic SEC shootouts. Bad performance for Auburn last week. 48-18 loss. Questions across the field for Auburn, but they're at home. I really like that game, and I encourage you to take a close look at it. Lastly, you uh Clemson is going to Miami. The, the reason this is interesting is Miami, arguably one of the worst coaching blunders in modern college football history to lose a game to Georgia Tech. Then they lose by 10 at North Carolina. They're going to be returning home and then taking the 45-minute trip north to um, the Hard Rock, Jimmy Buffett Memorial uh, Stadium, whatever it's called, Land Sharks, whatever it's called, uh, which would be a great Good, great place to see the Dolphins. They're flying around. Um, not a great place to see Miami when they can't kneel to end the game. But might they have something for Clemson? Hmm. Might they have something for Clemson at 8 o'clock on Saturday night? I don't know, but it is one of the six most interesting games of the week. That's what we call the pick six. We do it every week here on the Spartan Pride Podcast as we go around the world of college football. Needless to say, we will be talking Michigan State, Michigan this weekend before the game. That'll be the next edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. I thank you for your time. I encourage you to take a look around the Fans First Sports Network, and I will talk to you again soon on the Spartan Pride Podcast.